The following broadcast is an encore presentation from either Spirit Talk, Kevin McDonald Presents, or Positive Talk Radio. The phone numbers, web addresses, and telephone numbers are not active at this time. However, the information provided in these shows were both entertaining, enlightening, and a lot of fun. I hope you'll listen to them in their entirety. Thank you very much, and with that, welcome to My Independence Report. Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. All right, welcome to Spirit Talk for a Friday. I hope everyone is well today. The weather looks like it's conducive to being inside and listening to the radio, so I hope that you will hang with us for the next two hours. We are have a jam-packed show for you. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about, and your participation is needed, requested, and required. Mandatory. Mandatory, absolutely. Much so. so. I'd like to introduce, today we've got a full panel of folks, and so we are prepared. I like that, full panel. To talk about anything, and I'd like to introduce first, Marcus O'Crotty is here marcus how Yay. are you doing well today Kev. How are you doing? i'm doing fine you know what we do need we need, do need an, an applause track i know because when we introduce especially that. today marcus was doing energy work there you go that's the engineer myself and the engineer and it was like great we didn't want to work it was like a massage therapy session going on in here so good we almost didn't come on the air because the engineer fell asleep almost so <laughs> it, it, it was so a marvelous time so marcus welcome and and Margarita Trevino <laughs> Evans is I'm here. I'm here too. And she has brought a friend. Yes, I have brought a friend. And you met her last week. I did. And I was so enthralled with what she had to say, her life experience, where she's been, and more importantly, how she can help people today face some of the issues that they've had going on in their past that we wanted to invite her down. So would you like to do the honors, Margarita? The lady's name is Joy Roberts. And she is a hypnotherapist, a counselor, and um, she works with a topic that I have worked with in the past as an educator. And I would like to her to talk for it and tell us what it's about. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Thanks. Well, Kevin. thank you. You're welcome. We are excited about having you here. Um, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> okay, we'll begin at the beginning. Now, uh, I, you, you were born in a... No, we're not going <laughs> to... That might be a little too close. That to might be too close. We're not going there. You are a hypnotherapist. Yes. And you are a counselor. Yes. And you have traveled the world. Yes, I have. And you've worked in uh, Australia. Australia, Thailand. Uh, I've gone to Europe several times. Um, Alaska, I just returned from Alaska after being up there for six years working in the villages all over Alaska as a counselor and a healer. And there was a point in time when, as happened with Margarita, happened to Marcus, happened to me, and we've discussed those stories, but there was a point in time when you decided that you needed to walk a different path. Or was there? Were you born this way, or was there a moment in time? (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, Why do people say that? (laughs) I don't know. As a child, I always knew I was supposed to be a, a healer or a counselor, 
And uh, I grew up on Orcas Island in the San Juan Islands, and I grew up having a wonderful life. And uh, it's named after the killer whales, of course. And um, later, for synchronicity, synchronicity stakes, I was um, adopted into the killer whale tribe in Alaska for the Clinkets. Cool. So um, I've basically always known my journey, but I got married young and raised my kids and started working for a counselor in my 20s and always went to school. And um, when I was 45 is actually when the, the turning point came. I stood at my kitchen window the day the final inspection of my new house happened. My youngest son was a senior in high school. My husband had retired from the Navy and just gone to work for Boeing. And my new house was finished, and I knew that whatever my journey was was to begin now. So I stood at my kitchen window and looked out, and I said, All right, God, what do you want me to do now? So I took a hip... Um, not a hypnotherapy. I took a <clears throat> real estate course, and after finishing that, realized that isn't what it was supposed to be. So I had a girlfriend. It took three hours on a New Year's Eve talking me into taking a hypnotherapy training course, and I said, who wants to be a hypnotist? So Me. <laughs> <laughs> so driving down there even, I'm going, this isn't what you might think it's going to be. Who wants to be a hypnotist? But the second I walked through the door, the room exploded with light, and I knew in a split second that every experience of my life, death, divorces, raising kids, growing up on the island, being intuitive, psychic, everything, every book I'd had, every book I'd read, every class I'd studied led me to that moment. It was just a flash. The room exploded, and I couldn't get enough. I ended up with 200 hours over what I needed when I graduated. I just needed to get as much information as possible, and the minute I graduated, I had clients coming in the door. I knew I was here to do God's work. And um, I continued studying for the last 15 years and now traveling around the world. And God's given me a gift to be able to help people heal from traumas of the past. And so that's what my like my job that. is here, so to speak. I like that phrase. So you've, you've basically past. focused on abuse issues, haven't you? They just started happening. The second I opened my door, the first person came in to quit smoking and had been sexually abused, and they just kept coming in the door, and um, every place I've gone, and I know we carry that energy of who we are in our aura field, yes. and people just intuitively know that that's what I deal with. That's what you mentioned last week. Mm -hmm. You said that you're people are attracted to that energy instinctively. Yeah, and I, it's really interesting because I didn't have sexual abuse. It's been around me, and... Um, Seems like everybody I know, but I've had other healers tell me that I was a pretty clear healer. And the reason I was a clear healer is because I didn't have that happen. And so I didn't have a sense of denial or having to work through my own stuff around that. And um, it's been a powerful journey. And I've had many, many clients, thousands of clients who've become empowered by doing their work. And it's a wonderful work that you do. Um, you you made a statement that I found incredible. You said last week that you've treated how many people? Over 12,000. Now, you, you said this happened when you were 45. Now, you've packed a lot into two years since then. Yeah. <laughs> two years, yeah. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I like that, gentlemen. And, because, and the other thing that intrigued me is you spent time with the Aborigine people. And, yes, I did. And they are very spiritual people. Could you talk about them a little bit? Oh, I had a wonderful experience. I was invited to Australia through a chain of events uh, by a very well-known person in Australia, and um, I ended up meeting some Aboriginal people, and um, 
ended up going camping out in the jungles with them and having wild boars knocking on the open doorway, um, laying on rocks out on the beaches, and you can just feel the energy of Australia, everything that's been before. It's like being at a movie show. Um, I did spiritual work with uh, one of the Aboriginal leaders, um, a man. I was allowed to go into the men's sacred place as a, as a shaman healer, um, and just awesome things happened. The elders came, spiritual elders came, and walked around the tree where we were, and they, one of them sneezed behind me, scared the tar out of me. <laughs> Did you go in the Crystal Caves? No, I didn't go in the Crystal Caves. That was not? Uh-uh. No, I was in uh, North Queensland, out of Mossman, and uh, was working with the Kukulanji Dreamtime uh, tribe. I love that. And uh, Yeah. And uh, I just had some wonderful, wonderful experiences. I ended up working in the community there and um, did training for all the counselors in the area of working with that. You know, I could sit here and talk to you for hours, but there may be some people that don't know our phone number that would like to talk to you as well. So, so. get out some paper and a pencil. And and, and Marcus is going to give you the phone numbers. <laughs> when you've got that paper and pencil handy, write down 425-373-5527 and give us a buzz. And we have a special guest on the line, I think. We have a vacationing lady, I think. Is she calling me island? I think she is. I Hang up on her. Is. Yeah, Kim? Kim or yes. Kimmy? Hi, Kim. Hi, how are you guys? Hey, we're Hi. terrific. How are you? I'm probably better than you guys. I'm sure you are. <laughs> I knew you thought that. For those of you who, who are wondering, this is Kim Miller, one of the hosts of the show, hostesses Yay. of yes. the show, and she is currently on vacation in, where did you end up in Saskatchewan? I am on Waikiki Beach. <gasps> Congratulations! <laughs> yeah. You didn't know where you were going, huh? Uh, no, not until the very end. See, the psychic didn't know her own future. Well, no, no, that's not so. a lot so. of la, la, la around <laughs> you, too. <laughs> she had a, more of an inkling than you Are you thought. getting a nice tan? I Well, you know, I, yeah, I kind of started out. I, I did a little bit of that fake and bake before I Oh, yeah, I that's right. Over, you were but, showing me your tummy that, that, that yeah, day. Yeah, but um, no, I tan pretty fast. So, oh. yeah, we had fun, but um, they just about killed me uh, hiking onto the top of Diamond Head yesterday. Ah, Yes, it, they say it's an easy hike, and you really don't need a flashlight. And yes, you do. It's dark, and it's not an easy hike. <laughs> <laughs> Did you offer Pele something, Kim? Pardon me? Did you offer Pele something? You know, I, I offered him all of my cardiovascular health. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yes, it was, it was, it was hard, and I just, just almost didn't make it. <laughs> Well, are you having fun over there, though? We're having a blast. What's the weather like there, guys? Oh, it's sunny beautiful and warm. Here. Yeah, okay, it's now, about 80. I'm manifesting and... sunny, sunny, sunny <laughs> sun right now, Kim. You it's, are. It's 48 and raining. So 48 and raining. I, I'm so happy because it's about 82 degrees here. Oh, but we can see Seattle, though, from where we're sitting. That's, That's good. True. And you That's can't. True. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. But no, you're having true. a great time. Well, that's good. So, I'm glad you guys are doing good. Oh, we're, we're having fun. We miss fun. you. We miss you. I miss you guys, too, but I'm trying not to think about you. So. <laughs> Don't think about us. <laughs> and and if, if uh, theoretically, that we will see you. Um, Hopefully on Monday. Yay. Hopefully on Monday. So Okay. Hopefully. Figure. Yeah. Hopefully Bring at 10 o'clock. Bring that sun with you. All right. Oh, okay. Hey, Kimmy, you have fun. Don't think about us. You just have, go have a good time. We will. We promise. And thank Enjoy. you for calling. You take <laughs> Bye. Care, See you later. See ya. Bye, guys. We're, we've got a Hawaii? Mis- yeah, Hawaii. Isn't that cool? I like Isn't that, that cool? We have a gentleman by the name of, uh, of Don. Uh, Don? 
Yeah. Is this who I think it is? Yeah, that's who you think it is. Hey, Don Potter. Uh, Don uh, 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 Potsy, how are you? Yeah, Charlie was telling me about you, and I uh, was listening to your uh, show. It's great. Well, Don, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I did have a previous life. I used to sell dead dismembered chicken. <laughs> and then after that, I was a, a sales manager for a large food company. And the reason that I was asking Joy about her path and how she got onto what she's doing is because r- relatively recently, I got hit over the head. And that, that's and suddenly I'm in a studio in Bellevue doing talking on the radio. <laughs> but Don remembers me from my previous incarnation and the previous incarnation before that. So I've known Don for about 10 years. Yeah, so I really enjoy your program, and I was, uh, I have, uh, my wife and I have th- uh, uh, three daughters who are uh, members of the Clinkett uh, tribe, by the way. Oh, oh really? Neat. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, and uh, she was obviously married before, and so was I, and so we know quite a bit about that, and uh, when I retire in a couple of years, I'm going to go into counseling, so I uh, I was listening to your uh, story, and uh, uh other than the fact that you're a female and I'm a male, your life uh, sounds pretty similar to mine. Great. Interesting, huh? Now, yeah. In, in fact, Don, Joy is going to be doing some training and some and some classes. Joy, when are you going to be doing that stuff? Um, I'm hoping to start in March, and I'm going to be doing some workshops, and then I'm going to start training, doing hypnotherapy training classes. Oh, great. How could I find out about your workshops? Um, call me on the phone. Three, and that number would be? 360 360- Six five one oh five three five. And your your joy. Joy Roberts. Joy Roberts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. I'll uh, I'll call you because I would be really interested in attending your workshop. Oh, great. Hey, uh, Don. Uh, what what does Charlie think of the show? Oh, he was. Uh, we had a group of people out last night, and he you know, he was raving about the show. He thought it was absolutely marvelous. So he'll be advertising no, no, with us. No, no, no. We're, we're talking about the Charlie that you and I both know, the right wing guy. Right, right, right. Yeah, he, first he was real surprised, and then he said, well, he said, this uh, this show, and then one of the guys said, this show will go national. I know it will. Yay, you know, what a and, good prediction. And so, uh, well, it's got an opportunity. Kevin McDonald is a great individual. Yes, he is. And then the other people, I'm, I'm sure, blushing. behind the show are too. Yes, we are. We, yes. we have so. developed a, a group of people that are second to none, and and as much as I pay these people, as excited as they are to be here, it's, yeah. it really is a cool thing. Because as you know, Don, um, I'm doing this out of the goodness of my heart and, and uh, that nobody's getting paid at the, uh, to do this. But there's I heard a little perks. story. Charlie filled me in on it, and uh, I think it's absolutely uh, uh, amazing and uh, uh I just got through reading a little book, The Prayer of Jabez, Yes, from a, a printing press out of Sisters, Oregon. In the first year, as you probably know, it sold 8.3 million. Book. So, you know, little things uh, happen uh, uh, big time. So maybe maybe your uh, program will uh, meet a lot of people. There's sure a lot of need out there, especially right now with all the rumors of wars and wars and tragedies and all the corruption and stuff. People sure need your uh, your word. Well, Don, we thank you. I, I, I really am speechless, and for me, you have no idea how hard that is. Well, <laughs> maybe he does. <laughs> thank you for those words. They yeah. are needed. But I will for sure, Joy, contact you, and I'll uh, I'll call you again, uh, Kevin. 
Don, I'd appreciate it because we we're, today we're going to talk about uh, Joy's work, which is dealing with uh, physical abuse, sexual abuse and sexual abuse and all of the issues that go around that and how it impacts people's lives. And if they can get past it, they can get to the place where they need to be so that they can attain the mission that they're here to accomplish. Yeah, to do their spiritual work. Yes. Yeah, I've uh, worked with a few people uh, on that already, and it's uh, hey, very... Damaging to people, but it can also, after math, be very rewarding what they can accomplish with other people. Oh, very empowering. Hey, Don, have you received your eagle feather yet? No. Ah, it's coming. It's definitely coming. Don Margarita is our psychic one, so so be looking looking for an eagle feather. Yeah, you'll be gifted one soon. It's coming uh, for you. Do you have a minute for a real short story? Yeah, go ahead. I go to St. Leo's Church, and I was a Baptist, a Methodist, now I'm a Catholic, but I'm not really a Catholic. But anyway. Join uh, the crowd. Was, <laughs> You've fact, got a follower the there. The, there was a Clinkett Indian lady that spoke at our at our uh, service, uh, and I won't go into that, but when the service was over, I was up at the front, and I looked out, and there was a gentleman sitting in the, in the audience that was obviously uh, American Indian, you know, long hair and had a band, and, and he was chanting. And so I looked up at him, and he was the only one in the pews. And I, uh, and he put his fist up in the air, and he, and he waved it up in the air. And so I thought that, well, he, that's good. So I did that, and but I didn't realize that meant war. So he, came, <laughs> he, came, he came after me, and uh, I, I so I walked up to the front of the church real quick to go to the exit door, and he caught me at the door. So I looked, I turned around at him, and I said. <laughs> I don't know why. I says, me, Don, uh, me, friend. I put my hand out, and then he got this really cute grin, you know, a little grin on the edge of his mouth, and uh, and then he shook my hand. <laughs> yeah, he was just wanting you to be welcome, that's all. But he was a, he was a street person that had been on the street of uh, Tacoma, I found out later, and he was there uh, maybe bringing us guidance. Who knows? I don't know if we were That's exactly what he was doing. But the, uh, the lady that spoke was very, very uh, wonderful, and she was a lady in her 70s, and she said that she shared with us that the missionaries cut her tongue so she couldn't speak the Clinkett Inca yep. language. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, uh, that, and that's now. I mean, you know, that didn't happen 200 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Which tribe did your wife come from? Not my wife. Uh, was her hu- first husband, oh, uh, okay. Frank. I-, I don't know. I just know that they're Clinkett, and I don't know all the history. I need to dig into that, don't I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my adopted tribe came out of Angoon. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll find that out when I see you again, Joy. Okay, great. Hey, and, Don, uh, thanks for thanks for calling. we got to run. But well, thank you, you for the time. I appreciate it. And then uh, God bless you guys. I think it's uh, – I, I agree with Charlie. You know, you've got some good things going on there, some magic going on. So keep it up. No, no. We're talking – you're talking about that, Charlie? I'm talking about that, Charlie. Oh, <laughs> be, I got to – You've got him converted. We're going to have to – oh, good Lord. We're going to have to take a break. I have to pick myself up on the floor. <laughs> Okay, thanks, Don. Bye, so Don. You know, want to be on your show. <laughs> hey, he can be. He can be my token right winger. We'll see you later. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> okay, oh. I'm sorry to, to interrupt with, but like like we always say on the show, the planning 
he is meticulous and we have <laughs> we go down a timeline and we know exactly what's going to happen from moment to moment and no uh, we just take it and as spirit goes and what i'd like to do though is i'd like to open up the phones and keep them open for joy because there are a lot of people that would like to be helped and would like to and would like to discuss the the topic of sexual abuse and what it's all about and she's going to be here for both hours so so we've got lots of time but give us a call 425-373-5527 or Four two five three seven three fifty five twenty seven. Always get me with that one. <laughs> so, Joy, in in the work that you do, um, just describe it for us, if you would. Um, well, a lot of clients come in, and sometimes they're not always quite sure of why maybe they have dysfunctional relationships, or they've been carrying a lot of pain around, or they live outside of their bodies, or. They just feel really disconnected. They live outside of their bodies. So what does that mean? Uh, part of their spirit like leaves their bodies during time of trauma. It's almost like an out-of-body experience. So they may... walk on the edge of consciousness all the time. So there may be people out there that are actually doing that, have no idea that they're right. actually doing that, and think they're nuts. Right. And they're right. medicated. Right. And, and, and they're not. Oftentimes it's just from a state of trauma or something that happened mm -hmm. to them in their childhood. And it can come from domestic violence. It can come from sexual abuse. It can come from any kind of uh, emotional upheaval in their life. But sexual abuse and, um, and alcohol-related incidences when they were children in families uh, really affect the child and their belief system. And so what I'm able to do with uh, integrating with counseling, the use of hypnotherapy and the energy work I do is regress them back to when the experience happened and we do it in a very safe way as the adult they are today and go back and look at what happened when they were a child. And then how would you handle it as the adult today instead of the child? And so what happens is they become their own uh, child protector. The protector of, of the their child own inner that was child. left behind protecting right. them. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people are emotionally young but physically and mentally an adult. And uh, they're not quite sure how to um, take control of their life. And... Um, so through anywhere from one to many sessions, uh, depends on the individual, and, um, and changing those perceptions that they had as a child. And so what my first teacher, Charlie Tebbett, said is we're changing childhood perceptions into adult understanding. Wow. And we're, we're going to go down that road when we come back from these commercial messages, because I really want to touch on all of what you just said. Um, you can give us a call, 425-373-5527. We'd love to have you join the show and talk to Joy, talk to Margarita, talk to my, uh, Marcus. We can do some really heavy-duty counseling for you today. And so. energy work. And energy work, and we can tell Beans. you what's going to happen to you. <laughs> we'll be right back. Yes. You like it? <laughs> We're back. We're <laughs> uh oh, I got caught. I got caught with the microphone open again, didn't I? It happens all the time to me, folks. Um, I would like to go down the road of of what you do and how it helps people empower themselves. Because really, you don't do anything to these people. Oh, wait a minute. Before I go down that road, Margaret, the most interesting things happened to us at the break. Uh, Joy and Marcus were having a discussion about hypnotherapy, and I was talking with Margarita, who got some emails last night that she'd like to share. Yes, about. I got some emails last night from uh, two of my clients, and they, plus other people, I mean, basically people are calling 
and saying they listen to the radio station and they're really liking the interaction between the phone calls that we get and the information that we provide them with. And that they're really learning from that. They're getting so much information that it's staying with them. That On Wednesday, uh, one lady wrote like seven pages wow. full of information down. And yesterday, they were writing down what Linda had to say about nutrition. Mm-hmm. And that is so, uh, that is so for me, why I'm sitting here. Mm-hmm. It's because people are actually getting the information out. Well, and the, and the point that you made uh, during the break was that a big part of the show is the interaction with the callers and with the people that are here. And we have got probably 75, a hundred years worth of experience and and, in counseling and working with, well, but you've been doing it a long time. It's collective, hon. It's It's collective. And it's really important for people to feel safe. And, and, And the whole premise of the show is that people can feel safe about calling in, yes, and talking about want. issues and talking about things that that may come up. So, so please, I, I sense, and not that I have a lot of sense, but I sense <laughs> that there are a lot of people out there that would like to call that are hesitant. Please don't be. Please uh, don't You're call up and tell us your Joe on four hundred five. Exactly. <laughs> Just pull over to the side of the road while you're talking on the cell phone, please. And because it's really important that that we get the the word out and that we. Um, People benefit from other people's experiences sometimes. And I like what you're saying. You're using the word people because men as well as women, as well as children, really have issues that they're dealing with and they're stuffing down deep inside of them. And and men especially can feel comfortable yeah, calling this show because do. you can be Joe on 405 and yeah. we have no idea who you are. So I'm going to give you the numbers again. And please feel free to call in and talk to us about all of these issues because you help, quite frankly, spirit dictates where we go, who calls, and the issues that we talk about. And when you call and have an issue, it's because everybody else needs to hear the messages that are coming through. And you never know who you're helping just by calling in. I'm Absolutely, talking. and that's and that's one of the reasons that we are doing this show. Yes. The one of the biggest reasons is so that we can create a forum, a safe haven for people to to talk about stuff that they don't and wouldn't otherwise do. So, four two five three seven three fifty five twenty seven. We do have a couple lines open right now. If you give us a call, we'll put you on the air and we'll talk about some of the issues that you got. So, and in so. Um, and in, in fact, we are going to talk to Donna in Kent right now. Donna? Yes. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. Hi, Donna. Hi. Um, I have a question that is a little um, different. Um, I, I have talked to Margarita on, on the air before, and it's not my issue that I'm wondering about. I'm wondering, I take care of my two grandkids. And my, my daughter and her husband are divorced. And what I'm wondering is, is there something I need to, or she needs to, worry about with her ex-husband? So is anybody there can help um, me with that? Well, <laughs> only if you see signs of things that are maybe going on that cause you to feel uncomfortable, or perhaps if the child doesn't want to go back to dad's house. No, that's not the case. That's not the case. You're already aware of something, aren't you, Donna? No, I just know the ex-husband. I just, okay. That's I just, what you're aware of, though. He's that not is somebody we really trust. He's a very um, charismatic person who has a very dark side. 
Okay. Have you seen any signs or symptoms of things perhaps that have gone on? Um, I'm not even sure. I've never been exposed to this before that I know of, and, and I'm not really sure what I even could be looking for. What's the inside of you say, Donna? Are you it listening just, to your just, body? It just says caution. Usually if a child has been touched inappropriately, they'll begin to become um, touch themselves sexually or yeah. perhaps want to touch their siblings sexually. Or they become aggressive or withdrawn. Right, or, or sometimes really angry. Uh-huh. Um, well, that, that can be the case, yes. We constantly do that. Okay. Um, Have they seen a counselor at all? Yes, she did take them once, and she, has, she thought everything was fine. No. Sometimes what I found is sometimes the counselor doesn't ask the right questions. Uh-huh. I had a young boy who was 14, and uh, actually he was 12 when he came to see me with extreme rage and anger. And when he came in, he was telling me all these things, but the one thing he didn't tell me is the one thing I intuitively guessed, so I simply asked him the question, has anyone ever touched you? And he absolutely fell apart and described how his dad had raped and molested him as a child. And he had seen counselors for many years, uh-huh. and um, they had never asked him. They hadn't made sometimes him feel Sometimes you safe have either. to ask, or sometimes you need to talk to your kids about good touch, bad touch. Uh-huh. I was going to say, well, of course, being the grandmother, I'm, I'm you know, but, but my, I did tell my daughter I was going to probably call today, so she does know. Okay. Um. And maybe you're, the children don't feel safe enough to say that. Maybe they feel uh, that it's their fault. And sometimes they don't want to tell the parents or the grandparents. Yeah. They need to tell someone else. And sometimes if a therapist hasn't even really done their own work around that issue, they don't want to talk about it. And it makes right. them uncomfortable. So um, they just need to go to the right person to be able to talk about it. Uh-huh. And sometimes kids want to protect their parents. Yes. Well, I, yeah. And I ask them, you know, why don't you tell mom? And it's like, I don't want to hurt her or I don't want to be responsible if they get a divorce. To be unhappy. Right. And so kids own it. And, right. Uh, don't they think in a lot of cases that it's their fault? Yes. That they if they would be a little fault. better or did something a little differently? Or sometimes then... the, I mean, I have thousands of cases to draw on for stories, but sometimes if a daddy's touching a daughter, he says, well, your daddy's little girl, I'd never hurt you while he's touching her. So they're kind of messes with their head and their own belief systems within. Right. And um, it's about paying attention. It's about asking questions. It's about giving them information, not too much, depending on the age. Right. And um, yeah, they're they're pretty young yet. They're are they? What are they drawing? Um. Have you looked at their pictures when they draw? Have you heard their stories? Um. They actually don't do much drawing. Uh, how old are they? Can mm-hmm. I? Five and seven. Okay. That's still old enough to know what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, well, if you want to ask more detailed questions, you can always call me on the phone. Okay. We can talk over the phone. Okay. Okay. Great. Well, I think you've given me some some insight and some things maybe I can do indirectly, you know, to see. Right. And Donna, thank you so much for listening to us every day because I know you do. Yes, I do. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for calling in, Donna. And I have to thank... Um, the um, the apothecary in Kent because she's the one that put the message out. Oh, actually, you know, for actually contact radio, but I just kept listening and I found Spirit Talk. So, I'm sorry, the who? The Kent apothecary. It's a has um, 
herbs and, and stuff. Oh, 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 yeah. And they're, like, really into um, stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, that's know. great. So, but that's the reason I found the radio station. Well, thank you anyway for supporting us. Okay. Thanks for calling thank in, Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Troy, what are some of the biggest adult-related problems that people have that can be traced back to issues that they've had when they were growing up? Um, drug and alcohol abuse, um, sexual dysfunction, uh, bad relationships, um, rage and anger. Um, I think beneath, I think sexual abuse is such a huge, huge issue. The people want to treat, and so many treatment centers want to treat the drug and alcohol as the symptom, but the real cause is much deeper than that. The percentage of people who've been abused in my world travels, even as they're not a client, pretty soon they ask me what I do, and pretty soon they're telling me what's happened to them, all the way from a 14-year-old girl on an airplane to a man in the Pueblos of New Mexico. He stepped up to me, and he looked me right in the eye, and he said, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a counselor. And he said, what do you work with? And I said, well, smoking and weight's pretty safe to say. And so I said that. And I said, well, I work with inner child and sexual abuse. And he stepped right up my face and he said, I've been sexually abused. His family had lived in that Pueblo for over a thousand years. And I'm the only one he ever told that his uncle abused yeah. him. Cultural. I mean, it is. And yet so many of the alcoholics and the drug addicts that I've met, the bottom cause of why they did it was to hide the pain from the sexual abuse. And um, I've done groups of men. I've worked a lot with men. And um, one time I did a group, 100% of the men had been sexually abused. And I didn't, I didn't ask them openly. I had them all close their eyes and lower their head and raise their hand high above their head. And if they had been abused, they were to raise their index fin- finger. And every one of those men did that. And um, they say the statistics out there now is 98% of the men in prison were sexually abused. Wow. ninety, And that's a national statistic. Better follow the rules. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, if you if the percentages are so high, the the repeat and the inner and the and the generational deal, it must be generation after generation yes. after generation. Yeah. So who's the abuser and who's the, been the abused? What's the cycle? You How know, are you break so many it? men that abuse today or 20 or 30 years ago. Because most of the average age of the women I work with are probably 35 to 55. And, um, and their abuse happened when they were, you know, young. The average age when I was just left Alaska, I went through a lot of my records. And I wanted an, an average for my clients, which were thousands of clients, the average age of the abuse that happened was six. Years old. Six years old. And That's I've incredible. had clients, I've had kids that were abused all the way from being an infant all the way to being raped as teenagers or a lot of date raper, actually in having the inability to say no. Yep. Having the inability to say no to drugs, to alcohol, to sex, to, you know, being a risk taker, being a t- risk taker. Why, sure. why do people take major risks in their life? And it's because part of them don't care. And there's a part of their psyche or their spirit that wanted to die at the time of the abuse yep and so um people that you don't necessarily have to have committed suicide or attempted it you could be just thinking about it and and then 
partaking in risk-taking behavior right. because ultimately you without, want to die anyway? Right, yes. and without really looking at why. And when they come to see me or they do work with me, whether it's in a workshop, I teach experiential workshops, it's looking at the why. It's looking at the timeline of your life and when did things begin to happen. So when somebody would come to you, with the what's the process that you would go down? I do a timeline. We just sit and get acquainted so there's a trust. You have to have trust with your, your therapist. And um, pretty soon I just draw a line on a piece of paper and do what I call a timeline. And where were you born? And we just work our way through your life. And pretty soon I can see a pattern of that life. And it might be abandonment issues. It might be sexual abuse issues. It might be domestic violent issues. It might be drugs and alcohol. But we just trace it all the way back. And a lot of times the people tell me, I can't remember. I can't remember before I was 12, or I can't remember before I was 6. Because they push it down so far down. Right, and and your subconscious mind shuts off that memory, Mm -hmm. and they don't want to remember it. And so the mind doesn't know that, all right, well, this is good to remember, and that isn't good to remember. So it just keeps shutting the door. Pushing Mm -hmm. it down. And um, so when someone tells me when I do a timeline, well, I can't remember anything before I was 10. Oh, really? (laughs) So then we do some searching. But the subconscious mind always knows. Now, just playing devil's advocate f- mm-hmm. for you, because there are people out there that are saying, because I've heard in, in you know, as far as sexual abuse trials and, and that sort of thing, that kids can be programmed to say certain things, or is any of that true in no. your experience? Has any of that been? No. Um, I don't even work like that. I had an attorney one time who was a client, and she said, Joy, you should be a trial <laughs> attorney. She said, because you never ask me a leading question. That's about asking leading questions. Okay. Um, through my training and all that I, my travels and spirit messages, I've gained some tools to use in helping people access their own information. And I'd like to interact with that uh, just a little bit. As an educator, 20 years background, yep. I've worked with preschool all the way up to high school. And what I've seen is... Working with children, children do not lie. They are the most honest people on this earth. They don't know how to lie. Well, they learn how to lie from the adults. We teach them good, don't yes, we? Yes, we do. <laughs> but when it comes to uh, being sexually abused or any kind of abuse, uh, they really, you can't manipulate a child. And I've actually been working with the courts where you become a guardian to children. And you can tell when a child's been or have, or have tried to manipulate that child into telling a lie. Yeah, they become very shame-based, yeah. and they won't look at they you. They won't look at you directly. If you look at a child, okay. have you ever seen a child look at you when they're when they're lying to you? How do they do it? Oh, they don't. They look down. They look right. up. They look over. They, look, they don't, they don't right. make eye but contact. But when they're telling the truth, how do they act? Straightforward. Straightforward. And they're blunt, aren't they? They don't care. Yeah. They will tell you the honest truth because it comes yeah. from their heart. Yes, until we teach them that that's not a good thing to do. And I always tell people, at, I remember one year I had a parent, he was doing a, uh, I was going up for a, uh, all the teachers had to have a parent come in and sit down and observe you, how you were interacting. And I chose my toughest, toughest parent, who I knew didn't like me, to be my judge and jury that day. And the only thing he said to me, and he was a fireman, and he said, you know what? He goes, you're a great teacher. You're 100% on the money. He goes, but you don't like parents. Why? And I was picking up toys at the time. I didn't even think about it. I said, because people lie and kids don't. 
And I was so shocked that that came out of my mouth. But you know what? Later on, he came back and the recommendation I got that year as being a teacher was the most uh, outstanding one because of what he said. She doesn't lie. She learns from the kids. We should all learn from our kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to go to break. But before we do, um, each person here, Marcus and Joy and Margarita, who use their intuitive side to help facilitate the other side to bring all of it together. I believe that's the case. And I would like to talk to each of them about that when we come back. Okay. So we'll be back. Give us a call, 425-373-5527. You, I'm telling you, it's a million-dollar session you got waiting for you right here. So give us a call if you wish. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Spirit Talk. We are here with Margarita Trevino Evans with Joy yeah. Roberts. And Joy Roberts is a hypnotherapist, works with abused kids, works with abused people in general, uh, focusing on sexual abuse more so because I think that's more prevalent. But the abuse of any kind is a bad thing. Yep. And Marcus Okradia, and he is our energy worker. Going into the break, I wanted to ask each of you coming out of it, each of you uses your intuitive gifts and your connection with the divine, which separates you from what would be called mainstream counselors, I think. You went down that road for a specific reason and purpose. Would you care to share with the, that how you went down that road or why? Do you want me to go first? You may go first. You know, I, I, this, I'm, I'm coming out of the closet. Um, I can't, I grew up in a culture that That's was very that abusive. Alcoholic and drugs were very prevalent. And the abuse came in all forms. And as uh, Don was saying earlier about being Baptist and all that, I came from a very organized religion background, which was part of the culture. And uh, as my gifts, my abilities at a very young age were coming through, uh, they were squashed very much so because of the abuse and because of the uh, the cultural stigma, let's per se say that. Once I grew up, uh, I pretty much squashed a lot of things down. And it wasn't until I was working with children of abuse that I started having this stuff. I went to a hypnotherapist uh, because I wanted to work with weight. And my first session, and I'm an easy subject to go under. I'm really very easy. Oh, I'll bet. And uh, the first thing that came up was I woke up and I had tears on my face. And she was sitting there. She goes, I think you need to listen to this. And I heard myself speaking at the age of three years old. So when you put somebody into uh, a regressive therapy like that, do they really not remember what, what happened? You can't. During, during the, because oh, I've tried. They always remember what happened. No, no. I mean, during, while you're going under, because it's always fascinated me. I've always wanted to be hypnotized. And I've always wondered what the process is. And I've tried it a couple of times. And I haven't had any success of being hypnotized. So I, I truly, I was, I asked her after I heard the tape that at the future sessions to allow me to realize and to know what was going on so that I could walk. And I actually became an observer of what was happening in front of me at that time. And that's what you... I don't put people in a really deep state of hypnosis when we first begin. Sometimes it's just simply closing their eyes because then they let go of what they're visually seeing. 
and then they go into their feeling body. And, so, and I'm a really gentle healer. And um, so each time it, it moves to a different level of hypnosis. I'm not just a hypnotist. Oftentimes a hypnotist just puts people in hypnosis, tells them what they're going to do, quit smoking or whatever, and brings them out. But the way I work is being really gentle with them and letting their subconscious mind take them to the depth that they need to be for their own healing. I'm simply the facilitator. And I'm really intuitive and, and aware of, of how deep to take them. And, and if they're really fear-based, uh, they're only going to go to a certain level anyway. And um, so we go where they need to go. So you walk with them. I walk You're at with their them. side. And I Most s- hypnotherapists don't. And Counselors I, don't. Right. And I see... When they're in hypnosis, um, when they're in an energy place, whether it's a childhood place or um, a vision place, I always create a safe place for them to go. It might be a river or might be out in the bay or on a boat or at grandma's farm. (coughs) And I always take them back to that place with the child visually in the hypnosis, back with the child back to the safe place. And so that part of them, that child part of them, knows that it's safe. And actually, I went so deep. Automatically, I mean, that's just me, mm-hmm. that I was able to get this information as quick and deal with it. But at the time, I didn't understand it until I recognized and was able to stand by and see what was happening at different levels. And Marcus was working on me earlier. He was being so great. Um, and he said, there's a block here. And I knew what the block was. And then I explained to him what it was. And he was able to perceive that intuitively. So he knew that there was a block, but he didn't understand why it was there until he... Uh, until I told him. See, now that was an energy block. Is that right? Yeah. See, so, and, and see, now there's a lot of this stuff that quite frankly, I just don't get, but because, so you can feel people's energy in their auric field and you can sense blockages. I'm pointing at Marcus now and he's nodding politely. Um, (laughs) Yeah. A lot of help on a radio when he's nodding. (laughs) And, and so you use intuitive, your intuitive skills in the work that you do with massage and with energy. Yes, you kind of have to because people aren't going to talk at first. Yeah, it's it's hard to know um, through an intake form who's actually shown up. You, you have to sort of pay attention when they walk through the door. Okay, I look give at up the body intake form. Well, yeah, anytime you go to see um, a therapist like myself, there's an intake form. Yeah. You have to fill it out, tell me what's broken, what's been broken, where the surgeries were, what medications you're taking. Because if you're on a medication and I accelerate it through your system. That's probably not the best thing we could do. So we we have intake forms. So we get to know at some level what the client is already carrying. But far more important to me is who comes through the door. And what he do they knew feel that like? when we were at the counter earlier, he automatically leaned towards me, which I automatically leaned towards him because I needed that connection today of energy. Support. And he knew that. Yeah. Okay, and that and that's because of your intuitive gifts, and you use and the Joy same thing. And Joy uses them. Yeah. I use that. I've had people walk in my office that have never been there before and say, I feel like I came home. But we have a soul connection, and people that come to me are the ones that are meant to come to yes. me. People that don't want to look at their stuff are the ones that don't come to me. They go to somebody else. <laughs> or they don't come twice, anyway. Right. Enjoy. And, and the clients, a lot of clients have this, this information. They totally connect with me on this level because they know that I've already, I know what they're going through. Or what they've had to deal with. We've only got a couple of moments in this hour, but I wanted to get Sylvia from Seattle before the break. Sylvia, how are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thank you. Hi, Sylvia. Hi. Um, Joy, I was wondering, now I have a daughter who was sexually abused as a child um, by neighborhood people and, and so forth. And she has certainly acted out 
through alcohol and anger and, you know, very destructive relationships. And and um, she's recently started going to counseling a little bit. She doesn't have medical insurance. But how often, how long does it take to get a breakthrough for somebody that... It depends on who they're seeing and, and um, how their therapist goes about working on their issues. Well, um, specifically like working with say you as a, as a hypnotherapist? Usually within the first session we can access the truth, and especially if they already knew they were abused. Uh-huh. And I've had people come one or two sessions and make life changes, and then I've had mm-hmm. other people come once a week for a year, you know. Yeah, so it's very How old is she sure. now? She's 25. Okay, and how old was she when she was abused? Oh, I would say it started probably when she was about four. Okay. Um, usually within two or three or maybe four sessions... Uh-huh. We can heal that. Right. It's amazing what happens. Uh-huh. Sylvia, I'm yes. sorry. Can you hang on through the news? Absolutely. We'll be right back after the news. Welcome back to Spirit Talk. It is our number two. And we have got a tremendous panel assembled here. We have Margarita Trevino Evans and we have Joy Roberts, the world soon to be world famous hypnotherapist and Marcus Afradi, the world famous uh, energy worker, massage therapist, manipulator of the body. And uh, I, I don't know. That's the powerhouse of energy. Powerhouse of energy. Yes. You guys are going to embarrass me. Do I have to go hide under the table? <laughs> That's right. Stop it. And we were, we were talking to Sylvia from Seattle. So, Sylvia, we're going to bring you right back in. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks. Okay. You, you had a question for Joy. I did. Um, well, I talked to you earlier about um, my daughter. Mm-hmm. And I also have a question concerning myself because I was hearing your story about how you found your path. Mm-hmm. And... Um, do you do hypnotherapy to help other people find theirs? Yes, I do. I mean, I'm it's exciting. in my 50s, and I'm still looking for what I'm going to be when I grow up. Well, I was 45 when I really found mine, <laughs> and I'm now 60, so yeah. that's always yeah. exciting. And she doesn't yeah. look it. Yeah. No, you, you know. <laughs> Go down the road of finding what your path is. One of the reasons that we have people like Joy on and Margarita on and Marcus on is so that... The, people can understand that you can go follow your path. You can follow your heart. Your heart is free. Have the courage to follow it. Well, your higher self knows really where you want to go. And and so your unconscious, when we're doing our work together, will take you there. Uh And, of course, during our intake, we're going to sit and talk, and I'm going to find out what your interests are. But I can actually have you picture and imagine going forward in time, five years or 10 years or 20 years, and see yourself exactly where you're supposed to be. And and it's in. Intuitively paying attention, it's like, if you, did you ever do something in your life that all of a sudden you started to take this journey and it's like, uh-uh, this doesn't really feel good? Yes, I've oh. had those moments of, of clear thinking, I call it. Right, and so yeah. we take what I call detours. Right. But when we do our sessions, it's like really paying attention to what feels right for you. Uh-huh. And um, paying attention to those experiences that you've had in the past, intuitively or psychically. Um, and it's an easy, fun journey to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, your higher self knows. And so when people come in to do a session, really, on a higher level, they've already done it. It's just you're just now bringing it into your consciousness. Mm-hmm. I've tried various things to try and discover it. I mean, uh, you know, the artist journey and, and various things that I sort of get glimpses, but then it, the energy of it fails. You know, and I and I don't I don't really feel like I've like I've truly gotten a hold of it. 
Well, you'll know when the time is right. The yeah. time is right, I guess. Okay. But also, All too, right. Sylvia, um, there are some blockages as I'm listening to you talk to yep. Joy. Right. There are some blockages, and actually, Marcus can walk you through this. Believe yeah. me, I know this firsthand. Okay. Okay, Marcus, you're on. <laughs> oh, sure. You guys always set me up like this. <laughs> Jeez. This is a hard show. <laughs> it does It does sound like there's probably an aspect of you that already knows, but... Um, it feels like there's a piece of you that, that doesn't believe enough in yourself to let you go there. Or maybe doesn't yeah. feel like you deserve. Right, exactly. That's a block. Yeah. So yeah. we look at that. Uh, sometimes we do body work with Marcus. Uh-huh. and um, But if you're ready and uh-huh. you ask, creator, it will appear. It will yep. come. It will uh-huh. be right there for you. You just have to pay attention. Yeah. Might be the next book that you pick up. Might be the next person you see. Right. Might be the radio talk show that you're Might listening be the radio to. Radio talk show. Now, it wouldn't that be something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be great. Okay. You have to start so accepting I... yourself a little more fully. Yeah, because you are very artistic and very musical. Well, I, I can't carry a tune in a bucket, but I you can know dance what? Pretty good. It, you know, <laughs> it, when you say I can't, it's because you've heard other people say that to you. Um, yeah, quite you know, a few. <laughs> it, it's not whether, you know what, it's not what they care or think about. It's what you feel like when you are carrying a tune. Uh-huh. It's that feeling inside of you. Right. Okay? Because you are right. very musical and you are very artistic. That's what yes. your guides are saying and your angels. Right. I am artistic and mm-hmm. creative. Very. And so I know that. And artistic, creative people are really fun to work with in finding yeah. your journey. So how would I get a hold of you then? Do you call my phone number? Which is? 360-651-0535. Uh-huh. And I'm in Marysville. Marysville, okay. All right. Thank you, Sylvia, for Thank calling. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Good luck. You know, when I was a lot younger, speaking of a carrying, younger. A, <laughs> yeah, carrying a tune in a bucket, um, uh, my drama coach, he, he encouraged me to sing. Mm-hmm. In a choir of 50 or more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you know, I've always been told that I can't carry tunes. His name is Gary Taylor, and I hate you, Gary. No, I don't hate you. But I, I, I sing to myself. It's like I don't even care. It's um, I used to have a lot of people, especially some people that will not be named, that used to say that to me, and it used to just hurt my feelings. So I buried that. But, you know, uh, the more I get into my own path, the more mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I'm free to do whatever I want. It's not what other people's perceptions or approvals it's what i want i'd like to go down the road a little bit thank you for that by the way i would like to go down the road because we were talking at the break we i as you know we have some of the most interesting conversations when you're not around <laughs> they only know because we tell them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we share <laughs> and we were talking about the generational issues involving abuse and the repeating of it from generation to generation breaking the cycle and what that means in the grander scheme of things not just today or yesterday. Could you go down that road, please, Joy? Um, I'd like to talk about some of my journey in Alaska. Um, Because I worked in some of the villages and I was there for five years, I was um, blessed to be able to see family journeys around abuse, uh, drugs, alcohol, um, all of the um, domestic violence, everything that's happened for generations. Sometimes I met great-grandmothers and I met the new babies and I was uh, integrated a lot into some of these families. And as I started out working up there, it's like intuitively people came for an inner child workshop. And next thing I knew, these young women who are young mothers were talking about their sexual abuse. 
Then pretty soon they got their mothers to come, and pretty soon I was seeing their kids, and pretty soon I'm seeing their husbands and brothers and aunts and uncles and cousins. And so I got to see and work with these extended families. And what I came to realize is if it takes one person in a village or in a family, that the energy of that healing affects the dynamics of the rest of the village, the family, and actually the consciousness of the world. A woman in Australia asked me one day, she said, Joy, how many people have you worked with? And at that time, I'd worked with about 10,000. And she said, have you ever thought about the energy of the consciousness of healing of 10,000 souls and how it's affected the planet? And I really have seen the energy associated with healing go around the globe. Women in Africa have come forward in the last 10 years and talked about their abuse. They talk about it in Afghanistan. They talk about it in every place you go. And um, so the generational healing can happen. Um, And then you have to look at, you know, if dad abused, who was he abused by? And a lot of the times in some places, a lot of um, sexual abuse didn't really happen until alcohol was introduced into some of these communities. And then the um, boundaries around what was appropriate and inappropriate was was taken away. And that happened a lot in some of the villages, actually, is during the war that uh, the men came back from the war and they were trying to deal with the traumas of war. And then they abused because of drugs and alcohol. And um, I mean, it is just so extensive. And oftentimes fathers, I'm a pretty blunt person, uh, weren't getting... Uh, affection, so we call it, from wives, and so they went to their children, and they felt their children were their properties. Um, I just have thousands of stories I could tell you, but when one person begins the healing process, it affects everyone else in the whole area. And, um, And when one person does their healing, let's just say it's a woman 45 or 50, and she does her healing around sexual abuse, and her mother is, is passed to the other side, I've had oftentimes all of a sudden I've seen or felt and then I ask them to see and I have ways to call in people from the other side so these my clients can see. They might see a whole circle of their mothers, their aunts, their grandfathers crying on the other side because this person is doing the healing work for all of them. Even if they're passed over. Even if they're passed over. And it affects seven generations at least of the ones that have passed over. It is absolutely empowering. And then the one that's healed helps her. It's like the woman that called in a while ago. It it helps the grandmothers and the mothers and the aunts and the daughters and the grandchildren heal from that. And it makes everybody become the protectors and the gatekeepers for the new children. The males, too. That's true. It's the family. It's the whole family. If you put it into a different kind of context, people sometimes don't report abuse or don't wish to go down that road because it's just them and they have a poor self-image of themselves and they don't feel like they're good enough? Well, sometimes that and sometimes it's they stop to think about all the repercussions that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, But if you can affect seven generations and so many people living and past uh, go through and, and, and to change, that, that would be a, a big responsibility for somebody. Well, one thing that comes to my mind is I knew a man who came to me, and it turns out 20 years before he had sexually abused his daughter, 
And uh, it just kind of happened one day, and he came to me and asked me what he could do. And so I said, well, one thing I've learned is most men who abuse have been abused. So we did some regressional work and went back and looked at him, and he had been abused by his aunt, who was 12, um, when he was three years old. And so touching inappropriately was no big deal to him. And it turns out everybody in the whole family for five generations was doing it. But this man asked me what he could do, and I said, I want you to drive to the other state, and I want you to apologize to your daughter because I know you love her. And she had been into drugs, alcohol, living on the street, all these things, and he called her up on the phone, and he went over and spent three days with her, and they sat and cried and talked about it. He he um, made arrangements for her to go to counseling, and they have a better relationship today than they ever had before. That's wonderful. And so, and even in in all the places I've been, is when men will take responsibility, or women will take responsibility for what they've done. We can't put them all in jails. It's about healing. Absolutely. And, and that's w- what we don't see as society. And right. we're going to go ahead and take our next call. Marika, is that right? Hello? Caller, are you there? Up, oh, the caller's no longer there. If you, if you would like to give us a call back, you can do so. If you'd like to give us a call, 425-373-5527, and we will put you on the air with joy, with Margarita, with Marcus. Because what you're, <laughs> what you're saying in, 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 is so in, in, interesting and enthralling that, that, uh, of how it affects people and generations and so the agreements like people that have passed on and have done it they're they're still paying for it on the other side in their own way aren't they right but i've had grandfathers or fathers or whoever appear and ask their forgiveness and i've realized that we then hold the power over them if we don't forgive them but if we're spiritual beings having a human experience and we want to move into that place of total unconditional love on the other side isn't it party about forgiveness, too? Oh, absolutely. It has to be. Right. You have to sort of get to the point where you realize it, it, it's well beyond blame. You can yes. blame the person you're aware of having abused you, or you can open up and realize that they were probably also abused and also abused and also abused. So what's the point? Yeah. Right. We need to decide that now is the time to break the cycle, and I'm going to be the one to stop this from continuing down my family lines and step up to the plate, and it's a beautiful thing to do. Hard. Hard. Incredibly worthwhile and very beautiful, and it does affect the lives of the entire family. But there are a lot of spirits who are on the other side cheering you on. Yes, yes. they are. And hoping that we'll actually get to the point where we can do that, because it, like Kim's reading for me with my father, it was all apologies. Um, that happens, and, and we need to accept them. Danian Brinkley says, uh, Danian, I'm sorry, Danian Brinkley says that because he's had three near deaths, he has said that every time he goes over, uh, he gets to experience what he has uh, given someone else on this earth. And he says that he gives more hugs day after day after day because when he goes over, he's going to get those back tenfold. Well, and the uh, but the other thing is also true, that, that you get to experience. relive and experience your actions through the eyes of the people you yes. hurt. When you're on the other side, and that puts a whole different connotation on it, because that's right. that's no fun at all. Well, it amplifies the connotation. I think it's mm-hmm. the same one. Choose yeah. wisely. Cho- yes. What it is you want to do. Always be aware of what you're about. making and doing. And break the pattern. 
That yep. seems to be the, 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 the message of the day is break the pattern of the abuse that, that goes on. And, and you need to – how do you get someone who does have a low self-esteem, who does have all of these, you know, this yuck from their past, how do you get them to break free? Uh, usually the person that's sitting in front of me is the adult that I know them to be now. Sometimes they, in the session, forgive themselves for having the inability to speak up, to tell the truth. Um, it's learning to be that inner child protector. Um, Don't you find it's the other way around with a lot of folks, too? The inner child that's left behind is doing the protecting? Sometimes. And we need to sometimes. take that job from them and relieve them of that work? Yep. And, um, but the child, that's how they survived. Yeah. And sometimes I have to even point out that, you know, you're a real survivor. Have you ever thought about the strength of what you've survived? Have you ever thought about the power of that? And pretty soon they look at it in a different way instead of in a negative way, but they look right. at it as a positive. And, and many people who've been abused in whatever realm that is realize how strong they really are mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Do you have to face it at one point to get onto your path to get past it i personally think so i i know so because um if not there's a little piece out there of you that's always hiding and um and you're not wanting to look at the total of who you are it's like if we're all a diamond and we have one part of us that's really dark and we don't want to look in that little closet how can we be that whole total light that we are? And you need to discover all of it. Right. But it cannot be as painful as you might think. I mean, I had a client a long time ago out of Seattle who had 27 split personalities. And I was called in by an attorney because of a court case to integrate the last five. I want you to know in six months, this woman was off of all of her medications and was holding down a full-time job and absolutely changed her life. And she went back and looked at it, but she became empowered with that. So it can be a very empowering experience. Oh, it's to always to empowering. Face it. Always. Yeah, always. It can't always. be anything but empowering if you We can do all it. face the truth. We can all handle the truth. It's that unknown fear that we're yeah. scared about. We make the project so much scarier and bigger mm -hmm. than it is because we don't know and our imagination is so incredibly powerful. So would you recommend then if somebody doesn't really know what's wrong but they've had troubles with either alcohol or substance abuse or divorce or, or whatever the issues are and they can't seem to get over the hump, would you recommend that they come see someone like you to help them through whatever processes are there that they need to? Most definitely. And sometimes, you know, for the audience out here listening, it's not always sexual abuse. Mm -mm. It can be other things that have happened in their childhood. And um, sometimes it was things that teachers did or, or ministers did or their mothers did or their grandfathers. or I or mean, deaths. Yeah. Traumatic yeah. car accident yeah. or, you know. I mean, I had one client who was a therapist for 43 years. And um, every day she watched her father beat all 13 of the children, and she happened to be the youngest. Well, that just totally traumatized her. And so when we did our work, um, she just told my daughter, who was my receptionist, she said, your mom's a miracle worker. She said, you know, Joy, I thought I'd looked at my stuff, and I really hadn't. I'd analyzed it. And um, I said, I wasn't a miracle worker. You just trusted me. So how do you, there are people out there that are saying, yeah, well, you know, that's all well and good, but I ain't going. 
because uh, it would be too scary. How do you how do you get them to? Uh... Well, I ask them how how hard is it to continue to carry the pain, or what do you think it would be like to not carry the pain? What do you think it would be like to walk in your total unconditional, powerful, unconditional love body? Because we're spiritual beings having a human experience, and when we look at it like that, your spirit's wanting to be free. Absolutely. So how do you how do so? Is your success rate? Do you ever have people say, yeah, well, that's all. Nah, I don't think I'm going there. Uh, usually when they walk in my door, they've decided they want to go there. Because they're, they've already been other places. They've already they're... been other places, and they just are ready. They have a knowingness that it's the right door to walk through, and it is going right. to lead to where they want to go, and they've had enough. And it's so time. Show up, yeah. And sometimes totally time. to start them off, I do experiential workshops. So when I do an inner child healing workshop, when they leave the workshop, They've already started their journey. And then from that, they can choose to go deeper, mm-hmm. wider, and higher. As, and I do with my clients is I have a referral list to very good certified hypnotherapists that have that gentle touch. And I refer them to them. Or like to Marcus. I mean, Marcus is amazing with the blockages. Mm-hmm. He's, he intuitively knows, even though he tells me differently, um, he knows there's something there. And um, that's working towards... That's a community that you have of us sitting here helping you get better mm-hmm. to strive to that, reach that point. I have to tell you, none of these people that are sitting here are, are by any means rich. Nobody pulled up in a limousine. <laughs> nobody, nobody is uh, um, got a six-figure income. These people are here because they like to help people, and that's their mission, and that's what they do, and they do it extraordinarily well. And I applaud each of you for doing what you do. And, uh, and I implore people who feel like they have a block, that they can't get to the next place where their soul is telling them they need to go, don't waste another lifetime because right. you're just going to do it again. Or you take, think that nobody cares about you. Yeah. Seize the moment. Take the moment is now. Make it happen. You can do it. We're going to come back in just a moment. and But give us a call if you'd like to. if you dare talk to Joy. (laughs) You can be be Joe on I-5. We don't care. But give us a call and we'll talk. We're going to talk about fire walking. He has such a sexy voice. Oh! <laughs> I wonder if they heard me say that. They did. As a matter of fact, they did. They did. He does. Doesn't Kevin have such a great sexy voice? If you'd like to comment on that, give us a call at 425-373-5527. Oh, you should see him. He's so red. I am. I am. Well, you have to understand. Never mind. Don't even go there. No, we don't. No, don't. <laughs> I'm a psychic. I already know. Uh, oh, my. That's, now, that's a show we have to have one day how do you how do you never mind I'm not going yeah. how do you yeah. do that and stay on the air cab <laughs> very very carefully we were talking and and uh, joy wanted to bring up something that intrigues me because i have no idea what it is and and uh, i would like her to go down that road what is it well i just happened to think about fire walking and marcus and i were talking about that he wants to do that and i've walked fire uh, 22 times and so one of the things that I show and my... And your feet look fine, you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I show my clients is a picture of me when I'm doing fire walking, and oftentimes I tell them, 
Doing therapy is like getting ready to walk the fire. You begin to feel the energy beginning to build, and you begin to know that um, you're going to do something that's really empowering. And when you do a fire walk, they build the fire, and usually it's 12 to 14 feet long, and a whole cord and a half of wood usually gets burned. And when it all becomes hot coals with fire still licking at the coals... <laughs> You can feel you're doing preparation work before uh, you walk the fire. You're singing, you're dancing, you're uh, writing maybe your intent. Sometimes we burn uh, our intent um, in the fire like um, I'd burn more I, than I'm, that. I, yeah, I'm going to walk the in fire. I'm going to walk the fire and I'm going to let go of issues that I no longer need to carry. Um, perhaps I'm walking the fire and I will not be burned and I will feel, feel empowered. Um, oftentimes, um, we make a list of things we want to let go of. We want to let go of fear. Fire walking is actually about letting go of fear. Yep. And it's about really getting ready to embrace your truth. And while you're doing the singing and the dancing and the intent and standing up in a group and saying, my intent is to walk the fire safely. My intent is to let go of fear. My intent is to find my own truth. You can feel this energy building. And fire is, of course, the hottest energy of all of the elements of the earth. And uh, pretty soon you can just feel it. And all of a sudden you just take that leap of faith and you step into the fire. And by the time you walk to the other side, it's like you can't believe you did it. So you turn around. And you, I always did it three times. And um, you've done this how many times? 22 times. <laughs> and look at those toes. They're all still there. And have you ever been burned? <laughs> no. You can feel your body's energy. Yeah. The first time I walked, um, one of the head firewalkers said, just think about a symbol above the tree line and start walking towards that. And so I just visualized my power animal, which happens to be a polar bear, above the tree line. And when I walked the fire the first time, I felt like I was walking up a ramp of black velvet. Wow. And when I got to the other side, I just couldn't believe I'd done it. So I went back and I did it again. And then I walked it many times. The last time I walked, the first time I, of the three times of the last time, I said to myself, this time I'm going to be the, the flames of the fire. And so I visualized myself as the flames of the fire. And I got to the other side and I went, nope, this isn't right. This time I'm going to be the coals of the fire. And I got to the other side and I knew that still wasn't right. So I went back again and I said, this time I am the fire. And I walked it again. That's beautiful. And um, I've had lots of experiences around the world. I was in Alaska and a boat rolled over on its side and 34 foot seas and I had absolutely no fear. And it's, and, and I, sitting here on this radio station, I have to say, I don't have any fear today. And part of that goes from walking the fire. Yeah. So when people are ready to walk the fire of their life, that's when they do the therapy they're meant to do, whether it's with Margarita or me or Marcus or anyone else that's out there. You begin to feel that energy, and you begin to know it's time for your own truth. Yeah. Wow, that's very beautifully said. Very beautifully said. Leslie in yeah. Everett. Are you, are, are you ready to walk the fire? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Go ahead. 
I called to tell Joy that I took her advice and I booked the room and I'm going to give my talk. <laughs> hey, Leslie. Leslie. Hi, Leslie. <laughs> she Good. caught me off guard there. Yeah, I was talking to Joy uh, yesterday and she suggested that I um, book a room and give a talk on something that I have some expertise Good on. Good for you. Publishing books. And uh, I'm going to do that. And I have the flyer made up and I arranged for the room and everything's to go. This lady is <laughs> an amazing. Department. Um, she's got walked into her abilities, came off from mainstream, and has just blossomed within months. I was a psychic cop scientist. I mean, I was a <laughs> I was an atheist cop scientist. My degree was in science, and I was working as a cop. Yeah. And it one day, and one day, and twenty four hours, it all changed. Well, put my name on your workshop. Fabulous <laughs> reader, and okay. she's going to be. Are you going to be with me on Saturday tomorrow? Um, I'm going to be at the fair. Yeah. Yay! We're going to be at the Marysville uh, Fair, the Psychic Echoes Fair yeah. that Randy mentioned on uh, Wednesday. Yeah, I'll be there. Okay, Miss <laughs> Leslie, have a great day. Thanks, you too. And Leslie, I'd, li- I'd love to talk to you off the air, so give me a call she back. just mouthed me that. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so she's going to give you my my personal number, and I'd love to talk to you. Cause oh, it, all right. It's a, how, how long have you been doing this? Oh, gosh. Um, I started making my transition in 97. And started doing readings in about 99, I guess. And I wrote three books, <laughs> which That's I'm trying to get published. And, and I have some interest from a major publisher now. And it's just, everything's moving forward Be- almost faster than I can even comprehend. Because <laughs> you decided to take the leap and to walk on the fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she left everything behind that she knew. Yes, I uh-huh. did. Forward. Everybody and everything. Thank you, Leslie. We'll, we'll talk. Thanks. Sure. Okay. Have a great day. You too. Thanks, Leslie. There are people literally in the last three or four years that are coming out of the woodwork yes. because of the paths that they feel that they should walk. Is there, and I'll add, this is for all of you, is there a reawakening of our spiritual natures? Right. Is There's, our mm-hmm. energy going up, as some people There's would say? paradigm shift. There's some yes. consciousness happening. Yeah, I, I'm going to share what I was sharing with Marcus and our, our tech here. Earlier, I, for my birthday last year, I received, a month ago, I received a medicine pipe that had been foretold to me seven years ago, and I kind of conveniently forgot about it. I'm Aztec, and so I, like, I didn't want the medicine pipe, and for my birthday last month, I received it, and um, you know what they say, when the student is ready, the teacher's going to appear. I got offered just on Saturday to go do Sundance. Which is, and I was grossing our tech out. Um, it means dancing and fasting for three days without anything and then having a body piercing, uh, an offering, which is about really having my eagle feather go through my arm. And it's like, aren't you scared? Aren't you worried? But when you're ready, it happens. That life change happens for you. Okay. So, how do you know when you're ready? How do you know when it's upon you, as it were? You can just feel that energy. Yeah. It's, it's like I went to Sundances at Greengrass two and a half years ago, and I saw the women being pierced, and yeah. I saw the men being pierced and then hanging from the pole. And they just know when it's time to break. It's yeah. no different than knowing when it's time to walk. And Mark what did you say? That. Men being pierced and hanging? What? What's they, it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the tree, huh? the tree you don't want to know, the tree of life. Yeah. <laughs> and on their chest, uh, the skin on their chest. They're pierced uh, with bone. Right. Yeah. Okay. There's two holes, and then a bone is pushed through there, and then they tie rope to it, and you're actually tied to the tree. You hang from those bones until it tears out of your flesh. Well, actually, the the ones in green grass, which is the traditional way, they dance around the tree, and they stay in that very... 
That's what we're going to yeah, do. Spiritual. Yeah, it's a spiritual place. space. Until that they you go know to. it's time to break. Sometimes people were on that tree for five days. Yeah. And sometimes they're only there for an hour. It's it just what, whatever is right for them. I saw some people break three times off of that. And Marcus was working on me earlier while I was talking to her about this. And Marcus felt the energy, didn't you? Mm-hmm. He said, that's an immense energy building up. And I'm getting ready. My body is getting ready. The, my spiritual being is getting ready for this. Can I share a short story? Yeah. At Sundances, <laughs> um, on the fifth day, they had a healing circle. And so everyone was invited to the edge of the medicine wheel, and the tree was in the center. All the dancers left the field. And when they came in from the west gate, and all the observers were around the field, I was there by invitation, but I'm going, all right, God, why am I here? And so when they called us up to this healing circle, I said, God, what is it I'm to receive? And all of a sudden, the tears came. And I knew I was to let go. I was told by a voice to let go of all pain of all past relationships. All pain of all past relationships. And the tears were flying down my face so fast it was like waterfalls. And I got up to the edge of the medicine wheel and I'm thinking to myself, oh, well, now what's going to happen? So the smudging guy came around and he smudges everybody in the audience as he came by. And then pretty soon the medicine man was behind him and all the 64 dancers were behind him. Now, not a word is spoken. The medicine man got up to me and he took his eagle feather and he put it on my head and he brushed my head. He brushed each one of my arms and then he went to my heart and he flicked that eagle feather like he was flicking black flecks of pain out of my heart. What were you doing earlier, Marcus? <laughs> and um, every one of those dancers did the same thing. Yeah. When I left there, it was like all pain of everything that had ever happened in my life that had ever caused me pain in any way, shape, or form was gone. It is an empowering experience. Wow. And I oftentimes do that with my clients. I will use my feathers and flick energetically the pain out of them. Now, using the feathers and using the uh, um, um, symbolism and all the things that go with it, is that more for if, to help people get into the place where they need to yes. be? Yes, it's a visualization. Yep. And yep. so theoretically, you don't really need to go there and do no. those things no. to achieve the same no. No. the same things. It's just kind of a visual aid to help you get right. into the space. For me, and I think... Yeah. Yeah. Although ripping skin from your chest would be more than well, a visual aid. For me, it was you. a visual aid for me to, to really understand about my power that I'm walking into is receiving that pipe that was told, told to me by my psychic mentor who passed away six years ago. And he told me that I would receive this pipe. And I conveniently said, I don't want this. I'm not ready to really get to know who I am because there's still pieces of me that have not integrated. Uh, but when I got that last month, something happened because it was a visual object that is in front of me on a daily basis now to remind me that this is who I truly am. I truly am a spiritual being having a human experience. Which is what we all say, mm-hmm. or what it really is what we are all are having and what we all are. Because we are, talk about that a little bit more, would you Would you please? A, a spiritual, spiritual being, being having, having a, a human, human experience. experience. So that would then mean that you believe in reincarnation, do you? Right, I do. Me too. And I, Quantum physics says so. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and <laughs> see, that's that's a scientist. And, I believe that, though. That's you know, a true fact. Yeah. When, no, Marcus yeah. and I had a wonderful discussion yeah. on Tuesday. For an entire hour, we talked about energy and that your energy was there before your body was yep. here. It'll be there after your body's gone. That the energy doesn't die. And it's all based in quantum physics and, and, and how it works. And, and, it was, it, it, and it's true. It's not a mystical concept no. anymore. It doesn't need to be. You can see people's auras. Right. As an example, yeah. you can uh, through photography, right. so you can see people's energy. So, uh, and Einstein proved that energy never dies. And I interject uh, when I did my hypnotherapy, uh, when they put me under, I asked to literally see past lives. And the reason why I went to this hypnotherapist in the first place because I was having excruciating back pains, where I was told I would have to have steel rods put on them. But I kept saying there was something in me that kept saying, "No, you have to go deeper. There's something here deeper." And one of my first experiences that I had in a past life was seeing my body being dragged over a log as a child by the foot and having my back break at that particular moment. And then it got it as an observer. I went, oh, I get it. I don't like to be dragged into things. So my back starts hurting when I literally am being dragged into things that I don't want to deal with. In our last segment, I would like to talk about uh, past lives a little bit. and. do you, obviously, you believe in past lives. Mm-hmm. You have regressed people past this life. And I've done my own regressions. Me too. All right. How do you do your own regressions? Well, no, I went to someone else. And, oh, okay. And, and, and okay. let them be the facilitator uh, when I was doing some shaman training, actually. And it was just a, a happening that happened. Yeah. So so doing a past life regression does help. Uh-huh. It helps you Very understand. Much so. A lot of maybe your physical pain that you're having today or maybe the feelings and the emotions. Maybe it's a terror of water, uh, a fear of fire. Yep. Um, or you meet someone else that, that you really kind of fear, but, yeah, you don't have any real reason to in this lifetime. Well, maybe in a past lifetime you were with that person and you did damage to each other. Yeah. And so this lifetime is the time to heal that. Interesting. So were you... And you and, and I'm pointing at Margarita. You've all, all obviously already. Also I love done. my past lives that I've seen. No, they are you, great. Tell me, please, tell me you weren't Cleopatra. No, I wasn't Cleopatra. Okay, but good. What was interesting was that was me. One of them was. <laughs> I've always had an attachment to the sea. I've always loved the sea, and I've been so drawn to the orcas. But I'm from South Texas. I'm from Corpus Christi. So by the, I never saw an orca whale till I moved to Washington State, and I actually. Got to see one on Orcas Island swimming just by there. And when I saw that that orca, there was such a connection with me. I literally jumped in the water and wanted to go be out there with it. In my past life regression, I woke up and saw myself underwater having a boat full of people look at me. And I looked down at myself and going, why are they looking at me? And I actually saw fins. I was a whale. And my totem is the orca whale. So in your... One of my past lives. In one of your past lives, you weren't actually a whale. Yeah. Now, is that, there are some people who would say that human energy is human energy and animal energy is animal nah, energy. I don't oh, believe that. Hey, everybody's looking at me like I'm. Quantum physics might argue that. Oh. <laughs> I, I think energy is energy personally. Yeah. Okay. It's whatever. We're, everything is energy. Even the microphone, the desk, uh, the water bottle, everything has its own energy. Absolutely. And that's quantum physics. <laughs> and we talked quantum. about that a lot on Tuesday. Yeah. We will be back right after these commercial messages for our last segment. If you'd like to get a call in, yeah, best do it now. 425-373-5527. We'll be back right after these messages. 
we're back, and we're going to talk instead. Take the next ten minutes to talk about past life regression and, and that sort of thing, because that that interests me. Because you always wonder where you were and who you were and that sort of thing. In your experience, and I, and I assume you've taken many many people back. I have. Um, in your experience, how what's the time ratio between lives? Um, sometimes it just depends. Um, I did one of my daughters one time. She asked me about what do I do with my clients, and so I got to talking about past lives, and we did four in one evening, and. Um, she went back to a time where she died, a young woman in England of the plague, and one time she was a gypsy in, like, Romania. And um, and there weren't a lot of, lot, wasn't a lot of time in between those lifetimes. And then um, she died, um, the last time, she actually died the year before I was born. And she told me every, the name of all of her children exactly when her husband had died during the, the First World War. And um, how many children she had, where they lived, told me the whole story. <laughs> did they, did, were you able to track any of that down? We never went and did some research. And we've talked about it. We just haven't done that. I have to tell her. Do you know who Taylor Cod Codwell is? was? Hmm. Yeah, she was an authoress. Do you know that? Oh, yeah. She just came and stood right next to you. I went, oh, I have to tell her because she's talking about past life regressions. Do you know who she was? I haven't got a clue. Taylor, Taylor Codwell was a wonderful fiction writer, mm -hmm. but she was so accurate from medicine to uh, Native American to English life that people would uh, comment to her continuously how accurate she was in historical facts. And she did a past life as she was getting near her end of her life. And, I mean, she was a famous writer. Mm-hmm. And she was regressed, and she said, I don't believe in this stuff. They came out with like 20 lifetimes that she did in past lives, and every one of those lifetimes fit her books. <laughs> That's yeah, interesting. It's, it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. Well, and you do you carry traits, and you carry right. things from life to life to life? And, it, and the information that you gained. Is karma real, then? Karma's yes. real. Right. <laughs> I knew when I was in Dachau. When I was in Europe, my first trip, that I had been there during the Holocaust. I wow. just knew. And so, I could feel the energy there. Now, for those who don't really know what karma is. Cause and effect. That's cause right. and effect. It's mm -hmm. the other end of the law of cause and effect. It is a universal law. It's not going away. If you push something, it moves, and it moves whatever on the other side of it. And karma is more energetic look at the same thing. So for every action, there's an equal and opposite a reaction, reaction. Mm -hmm. and for every for every act, there's a consequence of that action. Sort of. I think that's actually kind of a limited statement. I think that everything in existence Thank is you. a little I'm more complex. Limited. No, that's not what I mean. I know. <clears throat> I just opposite reaction, not necessarily because what you put out there comes back, and that's not opposite, right? Gotcha. If you're putting out there good things, bad things aren't coming back. So I think it becomes too limited a statement to really fully embody the um, the thought of karma. Terrific. We've got five minutes left, and I'd like to, to for those of you that are, are listening to us about the topics that we've been, and we started talking about um, uh, sexual abuse and, and those things, and we've kind of worked into a, a grander view of spirituality, which is, how technically how these things go so what i'd like to do is to take a, the, a couple of moments and ask each of you in turn if you could offer the advice on to somebody who was working to get on their spiritual path what would it be what 
what would you what would you tell him, Marcus? I'd probably tell him that on March first. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, please do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd forgive myself, and I don't think Gail or Kathy or Doctor Na would forgive me either. On March 1st, from 10 until 7 p.m., there is going to be a wonderful event happening at the SGI Cultural Center, uh, 3438 South 148th Street in Tukwila. This is really cool, folks. Yeah, I think it's worth showing up. The Healing Arts Clinic and Spa by the River out on Cedar River, as well as SGI USA and Whole Foods Market are putting on a wonderful day. It looks like it's going to be great. They're inviting us all to come and participate. There'll be uh, music. There'll be art, visual, as well as alternative. There'll be the healing arts and some wonderful, wonderful practitioners there to go and meet. Gail, Patty, Dr. Naw, Kathy all work at the uh, Healing Arts Center out on Cedar River. It's a wonderful place, incredible practitioners. And uh, all of these groups are inviting us all to join them for a day of celebration and participation where we can come and experience a lot of different kinds of art as well as the healing arts. And so, it's all free. free. I know. That's really putting it out there. That's stepping up to the plate. Congratulations, Gail. That's really nice. So everybody show up. Again, that's March 1st, 2003, 10 a.m. <laughs> to 7 p.m., and enjoy the day. If you have a thought that you would like to, to explore some alternative stuff, this is a great time for you to talk to people who actually know what they're talking about. There's not going to be anything to buy there. Nobody's selling you anything. And it's all free. The food's free. It's being donated by the by the uh, uh, store. And they're going to be talking about um, proper nutrition and that kind of stuff. So please I, go. Yeah. It, it would be a really cool thing to do. Uh, yeah. Okay. Somebody... Hey, Joy, somebody, how can somebody get on their path? By doing their work and looking at what's holding them back from reaching their full potential. Uh, one of the ways to do that is to come to one of my workshops yeah, by calling me at 360-651-0535. One of them I'm going to be doing soon is called The Healing Our Inner Child, which is the beginning of your journey. And um, we all deserve to walk in our own truth in our own light, and to be embraced by that heavenly divine energy, that creator. And if you haven't thought about it, start thinking about start it. Because about it. You, you, whether it the be... The time is now. <laughs> whether it be this life or next, you're going to think about it sooner or later. So you might as well... And, you know, and, uh, people are very happy walking this walk yeah they are they really are yeah so margarita my uh advice to whoever is out there and listening you're not alone uh come to any of these uh forums healing workshops uh classes like marcus puts on like jody uh miss joy puts on i'm thinking about somebody else right now uh and Come to like the Psychic Echoes Fair that's going on this weekend, tomorrow actually, in Marysville at the Marysville Inn from 10 to 6 p.m. Come and surround yourself with people that are like-minded and soul-minded and totally, totally are there to support you in your walk. And we, I, again, I'd like to thank all three, three of you for being here. It's a blessing to have such great people here. And I hope that you will visit these folks and they're in what they're doing to help the planet. And most of all, help yourself. Be you and and uh, and enjoy yourself. Thank you, Kevin, for having us. Thank you. Very well, much. it's it's a lot of fun, and you need to come back, Joy. Will Thanks, you do that? I will. I would love to. The other two are stuck with me, so they have to. <laughs> be here. So, hey, we got to go. Uh, thank you for participating. Much love and night. Have a great day. Take have care, a great sweetheart. weekend. Have a wonderful night.